This summer, we have been focusing on 1 Corinthians 13. And we have been looking at what love is and what love isn't. We have two goals for this summer series, and that is that each of us is growing in a greater depth of understanding and experiencing God's love for us. Are we understanding and experiencing the love that God has for us in a new and a deeper way? And our second goal is that that in our capacity is our capacity to love others, that it will increase during the summer months. Am I growing in my capacity to love other people? Am I becoming more patient and kind toward others? Our goal is that by the end of the summer, that each and every one of us will have a greater heart for loving people than we did at the beginning of the summer. Two weeks ago, Chris opened up the series by focusing that love is patient and kind. And last week, he focused on walking us through the phrase that love does not envy. You, if you missed them and you want to go listen, they are online. You can go listen to any one of those. But today we focus, as we continue to walk through 1 Corinthians 13, today we focus on that phrase, love does not boast. And what do we mean by boasting? We've seen in our scripture readings two different versions of it. One is that we are supposed to boast. It is good that we boast when we boast upon God. But yet in this passage, it is saying love does not boast. And so what is boasting anyway, and why is it so bad? After all, isn't it good to be able to have the school spirit? Isn't it good to be able to celebrate our our kids and their achievements? Isn't it good to take pride in our work and our accomplishments? And yet, when we are boasting, if we are boasting about ourselves, we're really saying it is pride on steroids, The dictionary defines boasting always as a negative. Boasting usually refers to that particular ability of, of talking and referring to an ability or a possession that we have that may be one that such as the kind that we want to be able to justify a good deed that we can do. Somebody may boast that they are a great singer. Somebody may boast that they have the greatest boat that there ever is. Also in the, de- in, the, in the definition, to boast or to brag implies that there is a vocal self-praise. That we are claiming to be superior over others. One commentary identifies that boasting is our private advertising business. Our own little campaign to publicize our image of ourselves. Another writer and a comedian put it this way, beware of the me, M-E, monster, which is so readily inclined to our boasting that we will listen and we will outboast anybody else that is within earshot. That is a me monster. Most of the time, our boasting probably does not get to the point where it really is that me monster level. I'm sure that none of us want to do that. But I'm also sure that most of us know of a few me monsters in our lives. 
and how tiring it is to be around them. Everything that the me monster does is the best. Better than anybody else. They are the smartest, the brightest. They are the only ones that can. And you can fill in the blank. As Paul is writing to the early church of Corinth, he is guiding and directing and mentoring those early believers. He is teaching them how they should act and behave toward one another, how they should be as a church united in Jesus Christ, how they are to grow in their capacity and their example to love others. In the 12th and the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, Paul gives us an insight into what's happening at that church, the background that is going on in that early church. Paul draws a picture of the unity that should exist inside of the church when the church is living in the proper function and the mission of God's love. Now, if this were happening... If everybody was being loving and kind and and not boasting and teaching other people the way that they should, Paul wouldn't have to write it. Paul wouldn't have to, to paint the picture for us, nor spend so much time describing what is right, the right way versus the wrong way. I want you to remember that the early world, the early church had a very rigid divide. The early church was the one place in the ancient world where the barriers that were divided in the world were to come down, or at least they should come down. As Paul demonstrates the picture of the unity of the church through the picture in the body of Christ, drawing the fact that the church is a body. He is reminding them and he is reminding us that the body has many, many different parts and that the different parts cooperate and work together. They are not in odds with one another. Paul reminds us that the body is only healthy and efficient when every single part is functioning perfectly. The parts of the body are not jealous of one another. They do not covet each other's functions. The parts of the body do not boast about how great they are. The toe is the greatest. The hand is the greatest. Or I'm better and more important than you are. When each and every part is doing its own work, only then does health exist. The early church of Corinth had forgotten this very basic truth that we need each other. That we are to love one another, not criticize and not be jealous of one another, not boast about how great I am. Thus Paul is systematically calling the early church to task by identifying each of those areas where they fall short and where they need to make changes in their own lives and how they are to treat one another. Now, as we look a bit closer at some of the characteristics of boasting, and I'm not going to call them qualities because they aren't something that we want to copy. We'll see several different, uh, several interesting things about boasting and why it can be so harmful. And by the way, I'm very sorry that I don't have any slides for you to look at today. I didn't finish my sermon by Wednesday when the other two guys left for Minneapolis. And I don't know how to use that machine back there, so I couldn't put my slides in there. And so I could have spent all my time trying to figure it out, 
Instead, I decided I better think about the sermon and focus on that. So you'll just have to think with me and you'll have to, have to let me draw you pictures in your mind instead of seeing them on the board. When we look at the, demo, at the definition of boasting, there are several things that consistently jump out for us. Boasting is excessive. Boasting is self-satisfying. And boasting is not quiet. As we look at these things a little bit more, as I said, that boasting is pride on steroids. It destroys and distorts reality. To boast usually suggests that it is exaggeration, it is vanity, or it is pride, such as talking with excessive pride or self-satisfaction about one's achievements or possessions or the abilities that we have. When we are using superlatives as the highest, the biggest, the best, the longest, the longest boat, the biggest house, the brightest. To use superlatives like this to speak about ourselves, our families, or even our organizations, and dare I say, even our church. We are boasting. Unless, of course, you really, really do have the largest house in the world. And your child really, really, really is the absolute best in all of the world. And I know, of course, every child is. But yet, like the me monster, the boasting is excessive and it distorts reality. The second characteristic I talked about is the fact that it has a self-satisfying element. Because boasting typically speaks too proudly and shows too much satisfaction about something or someone connected with us. Or with you yourself. When you boast or when you're bragging about yourself or somebody else's and you are talking about your own accomplishments or maybe those of your family, oftentimes to the boredom and the annoyment of somebody else in your audience, again, we become the me monsters. While the words of the boast puff up your accomplishments and how great you are, It's interesting how many different writers will also talk about boasting actually having weakness at its core. So in reality, boasting happens as we try to shore up or overcompensate for who we are. Or when we seek to find our value and our identity outside of God, in possessions, in things, in accomplishments, and not in the fact that we belong to God. Boasting is another way of putting people down. In order to feel better about yourself and hold yourself up higher. We could say that boasting is a way of grabbing for praise. And yet we're trying to cover up or to fill up what we suspect we may, a way that we may be empty inside of ourselves. Or stated just another way is that boasting is a way to try to look good when we suspect that maybe we aren't. Sometimes people boast because they suspect or they fear that people will not care enough to notice us or to recognize our assets. Other times we may boast because of a fear that their assets and the way that they look upon us are not worthy of, their, of our caring. So we need to put ourselves above everybody else. And so if we don't think that they're going to see that we have value, we're going to tell them how valuable we are. 
And thus we create an image of ourselves and we put us up front. It's like making a display of ourselves in the, in the ego display case. Here I am. Look at me. See how great I am. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. And if you don't believe it, let me just tell you. The individual is really saying that they are much more important than any and all others. And that they and they alone are worthy of praise. And in truth, the only one that is worthy of our praise is God. Individuals will boast about their greatness. They'll let you know again and again of how important they are just in case you've missed it time after time. And yet, they may oftentimes be afraid that people may not notice them or that they may not admire what they see. A third characteristic about boasting is the fact that it is not quiet. Because boasting implies a vocal self-praise and or claims to be superior over others. Boasting draws attention to the individual as they tell us over and over why they are great, why they are important. They are drawing attention to themselves. They are the one at the front of the parade with the trumpet. They are the one that is drawing attention to themselves. Always, always, always saying, look at me, look at me, look at me. See how good I am. Boasting is not quiet. Instead, it is the me monster. It is loud and it is a noisy gong. When someone is doing the boasting, they are not listening. They are not even aware of others around them, except as an audience for themselves. One of the skills that we are teaching and that we teach in our Stephen ministry training is the importance of listening. When we are listening, we are not speaking. We are giving and we are placing value, not on ourselves, but on that other person. Because it's not about us. It's not about me. It is at that point as we are sitting and listening to a person. It is about them. They are the most important at this point in time. Where boasting is self-seeking, love is self-giving and other-seeking. Love is not inflated with its own importance Indeed, it is the opposite. It is not self-conceited or arrogant. Love reflects the true humble heart of God. And it sees other people as God sees them. Jesus addressed this issue of boasting several times or on, on many, many different occasions in the scriptures. One of those is when he talked about the Pharisee. The Pharisee who stood up to pray all about himself. And the Pharisee made sure that he was in the center, that he stood. If he had lapels, he put his hands behind his lapels. And he prayed to himself about himself loud enough that others could hear. God, I thank you that I am not like all of these other men around me, the robbers, the evildoers, the adulterers, or even this tax collector. Lord, I fast twice a week and I give a tenth of all that I have. Now, is that a prayer or is that a boast? Jesus also talked about the scribes and said to beware of the teachers of the law because they love to have the most important seats in the synagogue. 
They loved the places of honor at banquets. They loved to be wearing their fancy robes and walking the market to be able to draw attention to themselves to say, I'm a scribe. I'm a ruler. Look at me. See how important I am. And Jesus spoke about the rich who put their gifts into the temple treasury in such a way that it drew attention to themselves. For you see, at that point, there were these containers, and you could either drop these big coins down to make sure that they would make a lot of noise, or you could drop other ways to make sure that it was quiet. You could put your hand inside and drop it quietly so that nobody knew what you were offering. Jesus said, look at this one. Look at this rich one. He's giving out of all of the wealth that he has. But look at this woman who gives of the little that she has. Jesus is confronting over and over again the religious leaders, the disciples, the rich, the arrogant, the foolish. He is challenging them to turn from boasting. He is drawing and demanding and and stop drawing and demanding attention on yourselves. Stop thinking about yourselves more importantly than others. Stop putting yourselves and your wants, your demands above all others. Paul was very, very familiar with boasting because before his conversion, he used to boast against the Christians saying, we've got it right, the Jews got it right, and look what I'm doing, I'm getting rid of them all. And now he is writing to those very, very same Christians. He is writing to the church of Corinth and warning them about being so filled with conceit that they are boasting. You see, there was division in that early church. There was brokenness in that early church. And it's not always so much about the words that are said, but it is about the attitude that takes place inside of us. Boasting places one over and against the other. I'm better than you because. What I like is better than yours because. Now, I cannot think of any one person here who would intentionally take on the persona of the me monster, of the boaster. That's not within you. And yet, I can think of many more subtle ways and the subtle side of boasting that we all get trapped into. When we become so engrossed in the bit of our work that we are doing, that we are so convinced of the supreme importance of our side of the work to which we have given of ourselves, that we neglect or even criticize others who have chosen to do another kind of work. When we cannot see beyond ourselves, our families, our circles, our connections. When all we see is what we are involved with, then in fact we are behaving like the me monster. Because we're saying my work, my ministry, my wants, my needs are more and more important. When we cannot see beyond ourselves... We have not only begun to grasp the real reality of the church, or we have not even begun to grasp the reality of the church. We are like that early church that is divided. Love is the only thing that can bind us and can combine and keep the church together in unity. 
Now, in just a moment, I'm going to invite us to have a time and to spend a little time in prayer. Part of this will be a silent prayer just to yourself. And in preparation, I'm going to ask a couple of questions, and I'm going to have you think about a few things. And I realize as I put this together that some of this may be a little bit more difficult for our guests and those that are here on baptism, because I'm asking us to reflect. Why are you here at Bethany? What is it that you like most? What, is most, what are you most passionate about? And so if this is your first time here at Bethany and you say, mm, think about something that you are passionate about and take it from there. As we go to time of prayer and meditation, I want you to think about one or two or three areas of ministry, aspects about this church that you are most passionate about. Things that you are involved in. And why? Why are you passionate about those items, those ministries, those areas? And then I want you to think about one or two areas of ministry or aspects about this church that you feel the least passionate about. What are you most passionate about? What are you least passionate about? Do we boast and we brag about what is our favorite? That what I'm passionate about is more important than what you're passionate about? Do we hold our likes above those of others? Do we hold up and demand ours while putting down those of another? Jesus continues to call us today to be still and to reflect on the true heart and the love of God. And especially when competitive boasting comes our way and becomes the way that is deep in our own heart, And we get caught up of wanting to defend what we love. It is then that we need to be quiet and still before God. And what if we were quiet enough to let God speak into the identity of who we are? God already knows. God already loves us. We are Christ's own. I want you to imagine as we go to prayer in just a second. Welcome back, guys. It's good to have you here. I want you to imagine if instead of viewing each other with a critical spirit, we chose to affirm and to celebrate one another. I want you to imagine instead of looking at our own interest and in every area of decision-making that we chose to consider our ways as more important than those of another. I want you to imagine if instead of competing against one another, we competed to be the first to outlove one another. As we go to prayer, I want you to think about those things and identify in your own heart where are the areas that I'm caught up in boasting or putting myself above another. And I'm going to give you a little bit of time silently to do that. And then I'll close with the challenge of the week.